to episode 184 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Butler, joined today with Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy ho! And Phil Fariska. Hey, everybody. And P.D. DeMeo. Hey, everybody. Something's weird, though. I have a big problem right now. This is amazing. This is life-altering stuff right now. Yeah, this hasn't happened in over one year. It's crazy. So for you listening at home, we're very confused right now. Fuelgans are looking at each other's face holes. On something other than Skype. It's crazy. In, it's in, crazy. In real life. I-R-L. Yeah, we are back in the office doing the recording with our proper equipment for the first time in over a year. And Hopefully it, it sounds better than I'm it has sure in a year. It sounds so better. My guess is it's the opposite because we've gotten so used to recording on Skype that now I don't have a mute button when I need to <coughs> clear my throat and everything. So it's going to be a real problem. Well, the good news is, Pete, that since I've handed over the reins of editing the show to you, that you have to now cut out all of the coughs and the sneezes. and Oh, oh I did it last week. And all the was, other bodily functions. It was difficult. There ta- was a lot of clipping. It takes a while. So, so I did tease last week, ladies and gentlemen, there'd be some news this week. So we're making a few changes here at Fuel. In one of them, Pete started editing the podcast, but he's also going to be taking over the hosting seat in the podcast next week. That's so, right, everybody. So this is my last week hosting. I'll be on next episode, but this is my last week hosting the, sh- the show. Pete will be taking over the reins. I bequeath thee with the title, I don't know what, Podcast Meister? What do you want to be called, Pete? Uh, editor, I guess. Well, that's you're already editing. That's you're already host, editing. You're now. the host, right? Yeah, the, so. I guess I'm the host. Host, editor, producer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One chief, man band. Chief cook and bottle washer. So, Pete, this is your show from next week. So, you know, no pressure, buddy. You got to keep up the this, the quality of uh, programming that people are used to. So, a lot of things could be changing. We are going to stay with the hotel marketing aspect of it, just so everyone's aware. We're not we're not changing that part, but there may be some changes oh, really? coming. Yeah. I thought it was becoming a B exclusively B news <laughs> related podcast. It's, it's Pete and Phil's B and Beer episode with Melissa playing clarinet. <laughs> that might be more entertaining. I, I would totally do that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Speaking of Melissa and her clarinet, this, this is a Melissa episode today. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? This is like bananas, all the things that are happening today. Like, we've already got back in the studio together, face-to-face for the first time in over a year. Pete's going to be taking over hosting next week, and he's already doing the editing this week, so he's recording the show. Uh, but we're also resurrecting the Travel Sentiment Study. We are resurrecting it. It, is, it was time. It is volume 12 of the Sentiment Study, and this, this one comes... We had 2,600 responses, yes. something like that. So very large sample size again. And these are leisure travelers in North America, as we talked about in the other 11 volumes. But we, we asked a few different types of questions this time, a lot surrounding vaccines. And I'd say trigger warning, you might get angry in this because I know Melissa Kavanaugh is I'm so a, angry. a little angry. She's an angry My buttons girl. are gone. I'm not even wearing any buttons. and They're, they're burned already. They're smoldering. Her buttons are ashes at this point, but you'll find out why in a little while. So uh, before we get into that, I think we don't have a newsaroo, Pete. There are no newsaroos. I mean, that would be too much pressure if you were doing newsaroo and taking over hosting next week and doing the editing. I mean, I'm going to need like symbols and stuff for that to be able to handle all those kind of things. That's a lot of air traffic control right there. But we do, ladies and gentlemen, have a stat of the week. Stat of the week, stat of the week, stat of the week. So what's the stat of the week? The stat of the week, according to Robert Cole of Rock Cheetah, uh, we have U.S. Hotel Rev Par at $95 versus $15 a year ago. That is an increase. That's more. That's a little bit of an increase. I feel like that's every report that we've looked at this month. Right? <laughs> yeah, think about that. Red Pot was $15, $15 a year ago today, and now it's $95. And also, I would say keep in mind that if you look at what hotels were charging over the last couple of weeks, Rev Par is up over 2019 as well. I mean, we're seeing a lot of properties 
just increase that average daily rate significantly because there's just so many people just eager, eager to travel. I hate the term. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I hate it it. more. I hate this term more than now, more than ever. And that term is revenge travel. I hate it. Dude, just don't say it. It's stupid. Someone needs to come up with a better term for it. Yeah, it it doesn't sound like that sounds. Yeah, that sounds angry. Well, and yeah, it does. And there are a lot of angry, reckless travelers, right? And and I think as we go, get into the summer and people tend to act a little silly as they, we get into the summer and you see more stuff going on in general, it, it does, doesn't does bode well to, to keep calling it revenge travel because it, it does set kind of a tone of, yeah, I just go and not give a S and go live however so you So we want, need a new term care. for it. So if you if you think of a new term, just hit us up. And let us know. We're, we're happy to adopt any other term. Yeah, the return of travel. Like we, could, we could pull out George Lucas, right? Because originally, Return of the Jedi was going to be Revenge of the Jedi, and they were decided that revenge yeah. wasn't a, a Jedi like thing. Yeah. Oh, look at me go with my so, Star Wars knowledge. Exactly. <laughs> H- hence, then they'd had Revenge of the Sith, because Sith, you know, bad. Ah, they so. stuck it in the corner for a couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> for, for a couple of decades. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I don't like revenge travel. It's terrible terrible so what is some good information that came from this crazy study that we've done well that i don't like people (laughs) that was the question we asked we asked 2600 people does melissa like people the answer was 100 percent said no (laughs) melissa does not like people oh goodness so we asked people their current status of vaccination things so we gave them a choice it was number Oh, sorry. Question number one. Their options were. Can I just say I miss doing that? It's <laughs> <I laughs> so, so, so much fun. Option number one being I'm fully vaccinated. Option two was I've had a shot and I'm waiting on my second. I'm scheduled for my first shot. I'm waiting to be eligible to schedule my vaccination. And then we have the I'm unsure whether I will get the vaccination or I'm definitely not getting the vaccination. Those are their options. Overwhelmingly, happy to say, these people I'm happy with. They're fully vaccinated. Almost 50% said that they are fully vaccinated. And another almost 20% have had at least their first shot and are waiting on their second one. Now, keep in mind that our data skews older, right? The demographics responding to this are are primarily 40 plus. Yes. A lot of them are even older than that. So that that 50% sounds like a lot. It's certainly not representative of the full population. Well, and if you look at this, the first three combined, I'm fully vaccinated, I've got one shot, and I'm scheduled for my first shot, you're at 70% of respondents, which is a massive number compared to what is typically reported. Yeah. But that's what we need to get to, 70%, at least to be, you know, that herd immunity that yep. I keep talking about. So, But then the negative Nancy that I need to be at the moment is that 30% are either on the fence or just blatantly not even interested in getting so vaccinated. So we all need to work on that 18% that said they're unsure at this point. Those are the. I don't think there's any chance that that 12% are going to change their mind through logic. Right? No, the people who say they are definitely not getting a vaccine, which is the last one, about 12%, they're, they are what they are. We have are. to write right. Them, right? But yeah. here's the good thing, too, is when we reach herd immunity, that's irrelevant anyway. Am I right? That's, that's theoretically that's the theory, right? The well, they still have the risk of catching it, and they're just going to have a lot less likelihood of catching it because it shouldn't spread right. through the population that's as right. rapidly. And, and they know the risks, so you know, good Do on I? them. How would you not? I mean, that's like someone being surprised that smoking's not good for you. Well, we'll get in. We'll get into some uh, some questions later on that that will suggest they don't know there's a risk. Bum, bum, bum. All right. Question number two. This is the thing we've asked on every single survey from the beginning. What's the first word you think of when you're considering travel right now? And consistent with every single other survey, if you group all respondents together. Plinth. Safety. Plinth was the word. (laughs) That is false. (laughs) Safety was the top concern or the top word. But on this round, we do see things, again, like relax and needed and relaxing and relaxation. A lot of people need to relax, apparently. Excited. So some really positive words. 
pulling in there. Melissa, your favorite word is not on here. I know. Nope isn't here. Zero is again. Cause no, nope has always been on this report <laughs> for the last my, 11 it's, eleven it's cinema my studies. Favorite. That's, that's positive, then. Yes, that, that is the takeaway. Thank the, you for listening to the Fuel Hotel Market there's Podcast. There's no nopes. There's no <laughs> No nopes. more nopes. The new nopes. The one I noticed from that group that stood out and was, a, you know, word cloud-wise, about the same size as everything else was money. I don't I don't remember that one being that about one, the same as everything else. It comes else. and goes depending on when it's been asked. Yeah. yeah, it ebbs and flows. Money does ebb and flow. So that it does. There yeah. you go. Did you recently get a stimulus? Money might not be such a question. Yeah. So nothing earth shattering there. And when I looked at these word clouds broken down by people's vaccine status, they all sort of looked the same, except for the people who said, nope not getting a vaccine they have a completely different word cloud and you know i'm not gonna lie i kind of want to hang out with these people because they're ready for fun they're literally ready that's a big word in here they're excited they're ready for vacation they are ready for an escape they want freedom finally it's awesome all, all the things and they're ready for some sun apparently give Sa- them some credit safety is on that safety list is there, safety is there <laughs> It's a lot smaller than it is on the other word cloud. I think out of all of the all of the words on this word cloud, safety was one that you would be kind of surprised to see. The other was expensive. Those are the two negatives. Everything else, and I guess caution, but everything else is pretty somewhat. Yeah. Well, mask and masks are there as well, and I'm wondering what the sentiment behind that is. Oh, you I know. mean, where I'm going to yeah, guess, know. but you hate you know. to assume. You know what it is. <laughs> you know what it is. So that's fun. So here's what I'm taking from both of these word clouds is there's hope on the horizon. People are eager and happy and ready to move forward. You know, whether they got it or not, it seems like people are ready for some serious revenge travel. Oh, Pete, come on. How about rebirth of travel? I love it. No, you don't one. like that one? No. <laughs> see, to you can't see the look on Stuart's face when we're on Skype. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not too happy with it. No, you don't like rebirth. I mean, what comes after the birth? It's, we don't want that word showing up. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> okay. Three, 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 three. <laughs> Moving along. Nothing to see here. These aren't the droids you're looking for. See, we get silly when we're in, in the same room together. Yeah. This is... And I'm drinking a beer. I mean, this is earth this is shattering. This is the first time right? I feel like you've drank a beer on the podcast. Yes, that is correct. Yes. Yep. But cheers to that, everyone. Cheers. cheers. That, that's because she's so angry at yeah. these anti-vaxxers. <laughs> All right, so question number three is asking if you have traveled since the pandemic started in March of 2020. 56% of people said yes. There really surprisingly has not been a big shift in this percentage break since we started asking this question, which honestly does surprise me. Um, But that said, um, based on vaccine status... 71% of those who are not getting the vaccine have traveled. 66% who are unsure have traveled. 53% who are fully vaccinated have traveled. So let me refresh. 71% who who are not getting vaccinated have traveled versus 53% who are fully vaccinated have traveled. I mean, the most cautious among us are still not traveling. Mm -hmm. The least cautious among us never cared, traveled the whole time. And I mean, that, it's, it's kind of fitting. I, yeah, that it makes to me a lot didn't of sense. surprise me. I, I agree. I, you know, the, the one thing that's really interesting, because we, what was the, the last time we did this survey was back in December, December before Christmas. And that percentage of people who have traveled has gone up maybe a percent. Yeah, that's right? very it's, little. It's very little. So we said it back then because it, I think we did one November before that, right before Thanksgiving, yes. right? And it was like 50%-ish. So it, it's really only gone up 2 or 3% in, you know, almost six months now. Yeah. And so it, it really is the case up until today, the people that were more reckless and, and, and less cautious were traveling. And, and we see that they traveled more than once a lot of times. And the people that weren't going to travel just not traveling on that, that's right? it they weren't changing their mind until 
now. I'm, and we're beginning to see that change. I'm very excited to redo this study in another three months after summer vacation season. Yeah, kind of post-June, I think we're going to see that number. We're going to see jump. even, you know, the vaccinated are going to be, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit, more likely a little bit, but the non-vaccinated who maybe haven't traveled, that's they're, they're going to be at 100%, I feel like, by then. Yeah. All right, moving on to number four. four, 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 four. How many trips have you taken since the pandemic started? This is, I think, round three that we've asked this question. And of, so let's break this down. So they only got to see this question if they said that they have already traveled, right? So we have 35% was the most popular answer again. Uh, 35% saying they traveled once. But that means if you do the math, there's a whole bunch more that have traveled more than once. Almost 70% have traveled more than once during the pandemic of people who have traveled. So if you travel, you're willing to do it multiple times. 56% of our respondents, 70% of them have traveled more than once. I would be very interested to see <laughs> right. how this breaks down from a age perspective. You know, Of the people who have traveled, are they markedly younger than those who still haven't traveled yeah we definitely saw in one of the early ones when we did break that question well was it that, that was question? really early, early that we, showed it, it did seem that younger people were traveling yeah before older folks like i said but i don't yeah. think that's the case so much anymore anymore depends more on your risk aversion i guess now yeah so uh and that said so as a group of a group as a whole we're looking at 65 70 percent people who took more than one trip but the people who haven't had a vaccine or not getting a vaccine were up to 80 percent have traveled more than once which would make sense from their perspective there was never a they don't care not to travel they don't care all right we're going to cover numbers five six and seven five six five six because they're all related so we asked when will you likely begin planning your next trip when will you book your next trip? And then when will you travel for your next trip? So looking at planning and booking, those graphs look really very similar with April, which is when we're recording this, like right now is at 40% of people planning and booking. Now, when, when did we ask this question? This was a week ago. Okay, so still April. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So literally they are planning and booking now. A lot of people yep. are planning and booking as we speak. And Which then you're seeing at the hotels. We are definitely I seeing mean, that. I was looking for some people visiting Myrtle Beach this weekend, or next weekend, I'm sorry. And it is booked up. It's impressive how many rooms have been booked for what would typically be shoulder season, maybe right. off season. Yeah, before Memorial Day. So right. other than the you know spring break anomaly. You typically going to see a lot of um, openings, but I, I've been talking to folks in those last couple of weeks. They saying they hit their biggest single day record ever of bookings. Yep. they've hit five consecutive days of close to their yep. record booking. There, there are several properties who have made their April numbers. Oh yeah, wow. It's the sixteenth one we're recording well, this. And beginning of April, my parents. I know it's anecdotally, but they visited the beginning of April. They, try, they didn't book a hotel room thinking that there'd be no problem. They came down, and they couldn't find a hotel room uh, within a you know, few miles of my house for, I think it was under $200 a night. Wow. And it, so meaning they were already pretty much booked up, yielding up. It was, it was kind of shocking. Well, let your, let, was it your parents or your yeah, animals? my parents. Well, let your parents stay with you. Really I had to. Trust me, we had <laughs> we had more people coming in, and it was going to be a full house, and so that's why we were saying get a hotel. Sorry, you hate your parents so much. Jeez. Even I don't do that to my parents. Jeez, oh, yeah. that makes me feel <laughs> so. Bad. Your, your parents can stay with my in-laws. They're two they're two houses down from them. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and kick them over your yeah. way. Sorry, Mom and Dad, if you're listening. Apparently, I'm the yeah. chair. Yeah, you have to stay with Nana and Papa on your next trip to see Phil. Hey, to be fair, gave my parents the bed, and my sister slept on the air mattress. Nice. <laughs> Sweet. Nice. All right, so looking at the third part of this trilogy of questions is 
when are you going to travel? And April was still pretty popular, but May and June made up the most popular responses with 40% between the two of them. Only 10% were at like, eh, like really later, 2022 or later. So people are planning, people are booking, people are coming. So when I'm looking at this chart, I'm seeing less than 15% of the people are going to be traveling in July. Right. And I've seen that with a couple of properties as well, where July is not looking as strong as they're expecting because those you know, bookings are so close in. Everyone is kind of waiting Yes. and trying to figure out where July is going to shake out. I would imagine it's going to be an incredible month like what we've been seeing, but it makes everybody, it makes revenue managers a little bit nervous because... Two things. One, the... The wording of this question is literally when you likely to travel for your next Next. trip. So they could be planning another trip after Uh, May and June. There's that. But to speak to anecdotally, what I've seen in our own data is that people are booking. I mean, so when we were looking at March data, there were a boatload of bookings more than 90 days out. So, yes. That's so It's happening. It's a happening, and they're coming. Well, and I know, again, from our own data, we see it typically spike around July 4th. So I'm very curious to see what that looks like this year. Yes. All right. So the takeaway is if you are planning a vacation, book now. Book now. Yeah. Prices <laughs> are not going down. No. I have to go to Massachusetts in October for a family thing, and, uh, yeah, I need to book my hotel, like, pronto. Yeah, the, the opportunity to book book a steal of a vacation is gone. And it's get, Flights are go. still cheap. Well, it depends when you look. They're for, cheap for the next couple of months, but after that, yeah. they're not. The, I was looking at um, flights to England in the fall, and uh, it, it, it had dropped as low as $600. Wow. From Myrtle oh, Beach to London, and that's through Charlotte. And, and now it's back up to $1,200, which is about normal. Meh. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on to number eight. <laughs> Should be my favorite question, apparently. In 2021, do you expect your travel budget to increase, decrease, or remain the same as it was in 2019? So we're comparing 2019 to 2021. Almost half of people said they will likely spend the same. 33% will likely spend more. And 20%, if you can do the math, will likely spend less. There's that. That's positive, right? It is positive. And when we first asked this question in November, uh, we were at 22% saying that they would spend less. So that has gone down a little tiny bit And this, November. I feel like this is people who haven't looked at vacations based on what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. If you planned on spending the same amount, as you did in 2019, maybe you weren't looking at what yeah. a vacation costs in 2021 unless you're planning on staying less days. Yeah. Or we're we're to, planning our family vacation now, and it's like, okay, we'll be uh, in that 33%, whether we like it or not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I just want to clarify, how much did it go down? A wee bit. 2%. Little bit. No, it's two percentage points. <laughs> wee bit. Okay. All right. I'm going to lump numbers 9 and 10 together because there's some interesting math to do here so bear with me so question number nine is do you expect to take more fewer or the same number of trips you took in 2019 and 10 is are you planning on taking more fewer the same number of vacation days as you took in 2019 so i'm going to start with the people that said they're going to take fewer trips 33 percent said that they would take fewer trips, but only 22% said they would take fewer vacation days. So my music major math brain has come to the conclusion that if they're taking fewer trips, but they're not taking fewer days, that means that they're going to be taking longer trips when they're on vacation. Or they're just going to sit at home. And do nothing. (laughs) Or they're going to work from home and go on their trip. Say that again. Take fewer trips. I guess you wouldn't consider it a trip then. I don't know. I'm trying to justify my stupid comment. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No justification. Now that I'm doing the editing, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I just just delete it. You can say whatever you want now, Pete. 
Uh, all right, moving on to question 11. 11, 11, 11. It's 11. All right, on a scale of 0 to 5, with 0 being no impact, 5 being dramatically increase, how will the following vaccination scenarios increase your likelihood of booking a vacation within the next six months? We've asked this a few times, and this is a very polarizing response and has gotten even more extreme on this round. So the options were, or the categories were, once you've been vaccinated, once all at-risk people have been vaccinated, or once at least 80% of the population has been vaccinated. So people saying it will have no impact whatsoever, zero, is between 35 and 38% at the zeros. Then you have the people who said it is, man, this, I'm all about this. I'm voting this a five. That was at between 29 and 36%, with 36 being the once I have been vaccinated percentages. So compared to the last couple times we've asked this, the zeros really haven't changed. But the fives have all moved up. So like the people who were in the middle have now like merged onto like, oh, this is actually going to impact me more. So to clarify this for me. The third option was once at least 80% of the population has been vaccinated, 35% of people were at a zero, which means they would not be traveling. No, it no. means that they don't care. It's, they don't care. It's either. not impacting. Yeah. Yeah. They care zero bits or bites. I kind of expected <laughs> uh, for, for the once you have been vaccinated, the fives, I thought that would have been a, a larger percentage than it was. I thought I thought people would be way more likely to travel after they have been vaccinated and felt comfortable. I mean, I think a lot of this speaks to the normalization of vaccines right now, but I just I expected that percentage to be higher. That was the one thing that I was when I was going through all of this data that I just I thought that would be well over 50 percent. OK, I'm going to say I think a lot of that is social cues as well. I think people are always looking for someone else to do what they want to do. And if everyone's just waiting for everyone else to travel, it kind of makes it tricky. Even if you've all been vaccinated, there's no reason why you don't get out and travel. You go ahead and go. Have fun. Yeah. But people are just kind of standing back because they kind of see their friends and family not doing that. I don't know. Can we slice this question down by the I'm not getting vaccinated? People? Yes. As a matter of fact, that's my next comment. Okay. So the people... This shouldn't be a surprise, but I feel like I have to point it out just so that I can get angry. The people who have voted that they're not getting the vaccine voted 73 to 78% had no impact whatsoever across any three of the categories. So who are the 20-something percents that are saying, I'm not getting vaccinated, but I want other people to get vaccinated? Yeah, I'd like, like to meet to those travel. people. Those are the people that you probably don't like because they're riding the coattails of everybody else. Yeah, yeah they're selfish. If, if you're the one who says, hey, I'm not getting vaccinated, I'm traveling, good on you. I got yeah. a real problem. You're, yeah, you're putting your money where your mouth is in that case. That's right. But there are other people that are just, you know, leeches. They're, they're just sucking off the teat of the rest of humanity. Those, those people I don't like. <laughs> what a good way to put that. All right. Number 12. This is uh, version 12 of question 12. How about that? And is this the first time we saw this? Y yes. So the question is, please, please, please pick the top three reasons that would prevent you from staying at a hotel right now. And for the first time ever, nothing is preventing me is the top choice. I think we need to go flat that. 44% of people chose nothing is preventing me. Since I'm editing now, I'm going to loop in some claps. Don't worry. <laughs> and just to... 37 minutes, Sound 54 dropping. seconds. <laughs> just to give a little perspective for people not following along at home and looking at this beautiful bar chart, the next most popular choice, so this was 44%, the next most popular choice is like 27% of votes. So there's a big gap in between these two bars and number two 
is budget concerns. So the first two things have nothing to do with fear for the first time since forever. Yeah, and, and to put that in perspective, up until this one, it's been fear, fear, fear across the board <laughs> in, in the previous ones. But you did remind me of something that is really bad housekeeping on our part. We didn't give anyone the link to this if they wanted to follow along oh, with the graphics at home. Yeah. At the so should we just start the whole podcast? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just start over again. This is where Pete learns how to edit in. Yeah. Uh, so you can go to fueltrail.com slash podcast, click on episode 184, and you'll get the link to this rendition. Or you can just go to fueltrail.com slash blog, and it'll be right there. It it's, will be. Uh, volume 12, 12 of the fuel sentiment study. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, what else do we have to say about that? So we can break this. Oh, go ahead, Pete. I, I think what we need to look at when we look at these, obviously nothing preventing me from travel, budget concerns. We understand what we need to do to overcome those guest objections. And then the third one, fear of interaction with other guests. Yeah, that's one that each property individually needs to figure out. You, how do you overcome those objections in your marketing? so that they, they feel comfortable traveling to your property or your destination. I think I think fear of interaction with other guests. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but that was the top one. Yes, yeah, for a that long was, that's been the top time. One. Yes. It was everybody was afraid of other people. Mm-hmm. To see fear being even at number three and not at number two is huge. Yes. And I'm a little surprised that fear of circulated air was the next one. That's what Pete said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one that kind of cropped up. I think as the news started changing, right? Well, because, I think the news changing is what's changing this question. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, if you look back to the beginning, it was fear of other guests has always been pretty high. Surprisingly, fear of staff has never been that high compared to some of the other stuff. Right. With um, fear of common areas, that was more. Common areas was number two. But then common areas and, and circulated air kind of flip-flopped when the news narrative changed and people started realizing that this disease wasn't, or the virus wasn't contracted from touch. It was airborne. airborne. And so people pay attention to the mainstream media whether quite they're clearly, spreading real information or fake news. So I do want to point out, again, based on vaccine status, some interesting things. 37% of people who are fully vaccinated said nothing is preventing me. Let me say that again. Of the people who are fully vaccinated, only 37% said nothing is preventing me. Wow. Versus 69% of those not getting the vaccine. That matches the previous question. So I do, the, the, the response rate of those not getting the vaccine does not surprise me. But... The fact that only 37% of people who are vaccinated. What was the number one? Yes. I think so. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's weird. You know, I'm fully vaccinated and it definitely, there's a psychological shift that happens when you're fully vaccinated. It, it's kind of like a relief, like a weight off your shoulders. You, but you still, the data doesn't suggest that though. Well, but I'm about to say you're still cautious like it, it, it's not like i'm going around cavalier if you're a good I'm human s- being well <laughs> yeah i'm still wearing a mask you know i'm still trying to avoid situations where i'm at high risk e- even though i'm vaccinated so I, I, it kind of makes sense to me i think that this is this whole pandemic and probably for the next two years if somebody's going to do some behavioral studies about how we interact with each other and the fear associated with people has mm-hmm. changed mm-hmm. during this. I want to see all those studies. It's clearly a psychological difference. It really it is. is. Yeah. Well, and, and we've talked about this on the show before about the first time you went to a grocery store during the pandemic and, or, or, you know, anywhere in public and how everyone was the enemy and you were super vigilant. Your fight or flight was just kicking into high gear. And then the second time, it wasn't quite as much. And then the third time it wasn't. So you kind of build this, this, I don't know, psychological immunity to, to the risk factors, but we've got to get people traveling for the first time. Right. So the folks that on the marketing side have shifted their messaging away from the reassurance that you needed to early on are making a mistake because you Mm -hmm. still need to reassure a lot of people, even though you've got a lot of people traveling, 
we need to unlock these these folks yes. that haven't traveled. And keep in mind, that's almost 50% of people still haven't traveled. Once we get them traveling once, we're going to get them traveling multiple times. And right. so we've really got to, th- we don't need to, to speak to the folks that are traveling because they're going to continue to travel. We need to really tailor our messaging to the folks that haven't traveled yet. All right. Moving on to question 13. 13, 13, 13, 13, 13. How likely are you to book a trip in the next 30, 60, 90 days, six months, or a year? We've asked this question a boatload of times. Every time. I think every time except maybe the first one. Okay. Um, I stand corrected. I could be wrong, though, because my brain is oatmeal. I stand maybe corrected. (laughs) Uh, we have 67% of people answered maybe or higher within the next 30 days. So almost 70% are willing to travel or book a trip in the next 30 days. 72% for the next 60 days and 78% for 90 days. So when we first asked this question a year ago, April 16th, 37% responded with a maybe. So this is important for two things. I I purposely chose that date because doing these surveys for the course of over a year now, not only has people's sentiments changed, but it's hard to report things like this because of seasonality. Like people just may be less likely to travel because, well, this isn't when I travel. So this particular stat is comparing year over year during the same time frame. So I'm pulling that one and sticking it in my pocket. Melissa, I know we're on volume 12, but I would much rather see this on a pie chart. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, Phil, you can't make this in a pie chart. I'm just I just wanted to burst your buttons a little bit more. Burn your buttons. Burst your buttons. That's a new thing that's happened to your buttons. Yeah, they haven't burst yet. I, you know, the, 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 the thing that kind of I wonder about with this question is because we don't have control data. We don't have pre-pandemic right. data on this question. Right. Like, had we asked this question in April 2019, what would these it, it numbers? Makes, I, I would assume the number wouldn't be much higher than it yeah. is today. Right. right? You got to figure there's probably 20% of the population don't plan to travel in, in the, the next, next 30, 90 days, right? right? Sure. So I, I got to feel like we're close to normal on this. I would just great. Well, I think the number day. is yeah. in the next year, how likely are you to travel to book a trip? And it's only 60% is very likely. And then yeah. that's looking pretty far out, right? What was likely? Likely, likely is 27, 22.7%. So we're looking at... Wait, what? 82%, okay. 83%. Yeah. Are very likely, likely or very likely to book a trip within an yeah. entire year. Yeah. Well, I mean, what percentage of people don't travel every year? It's got to be 10 or 15% of people don't right. take a trip, right? So I, I really feel like this is telling us we're almost back to normal. This is not the new normal. It's the old normal. It's the old normal. I hope so. Not the new zoo. It's the old zoo. You want to know that reference? I don't know no. that one. Police Academy 2. Come on. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. It's a deep cut. All right. Too Number deep. 14. 14. 14. 14. How soon will you be willing to make the following trips? We've asked this question a whole lot of times. This is looking at distance from home, so one hour, two hours, three hours, six hour drive, 10 hour drive, or flying to a destination. We are now at 71% of people willing to go within one hour of their house, almost 60%, two hours, and basically 50% up to three hours. All these numbers have gone up since our last survey, but the thing that I really want to point out, which I've not talked about at all in these 12 pre or 11 previous surveys is the flying part because the numbers have been so small it wasn't even worth talking about but we're up to 21 percent of people who are willing to fly within the next month we this is the first time we're above Mm -hmm. yeah up until literally right this second is it i don't think i would have considered traveling what does that have to do with your vaccination a lot a lot almost everything to be okay. honest, yeah, I, I feel a lot safer flying for that reason. And if you fly now, there's no one in the middle seat. It's a better mm-hmm. experience. That's not Some, true. I think that's only, it's only, only Delta, only and it's Delta. only up until May. Yeah, I, I've travel heard, quick, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people saying that there is no gap 
they're, they've been flying quite a bit, and they're talking about how you're elbow to elbow mm. on every flight. So, mm-hmm. last time I flew, Pete was with you. Same here. That was a <laughs> that was a fantastic flight from uh, California to here, and there was like eight other people in the plane. And, and I I was coughing a lot. You remember? Oh and yeah, the, you were patient zero. For like I, I had COVID, and uh, well, I had the flu. I think <laughs> it may have been COVID, but they made me wear a mask. This is before yeah. masks were mandated. And they made me wear a mask because I was coughing on the flight, and everyone was looking at me like I was patient zero. Last wow. time I flew. Well, you deserved it. You just got that whole flight COVID. <laughs> if you look at my flight patterns, right, as COVID was taking off, it was like New York, Texas, and California. <laughs> it was like the three biggest original hotspots. So it's possible I was patient zero. Good and times. this is this is when we're all like, eh, COVID. Two weeks. Yeah. Two, Two three weeks. weeks China. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. patients here from Mad Cow too. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, I, this is tangent, but for the first time since I've been in America, I've been in America for 20, 20 years, I can now give blood again. What? Yeah, because up until recently, folks that lived in, in England in the 90s for more than six months weren't allowed to give blood in America because, of course, of Yakov's disease, the Mad Cow's, the human variant of Mad Cow disease. But because of the blood shortage due to COVID, they have rescinded that. So now I get to give blood again. So now it's okay if we get mad cow. Yeah, I wasn't even joking. He was. (laughs) Apparently. Wow. I hope I don't need a blood transfusion anytime soon. English blood anyway. Can I I tell you a joke? Since we're on a tangent. Sure. Why not? Mad cow disease. Now that I'm editing this, why not? It's already at like three hours. All right. So um, there are two cows in the field. And, and one of them says to the other, are you, are you worried about this mad cow's disease thing? And the other cow goes, no. He goes, well, why not? He goes, because I'm a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh a little mad cow joke there. Oh, good times. 15, 15, 15. <laughs> <laughs> Question number 15. I feel like I'm on some kind of a game show right now. Yeah. We really should do this as a family feud version. Yes, yes, that would be so much fun. Which of the following would make... Oh, gosh, now I can't talk. I've had too much beer. Which of the following would most likely persuade you to book a future vacation during the coronavirus outbreak? Check all that apply, please. <laughs> so, we... Why do you laugh every time I put please in a question? What, what you didn't problem? say please. I'm putting please okay. in there. There was one earlier where you were like, please, please, please. At the beginning. I added that too. Okay. I'm improvising. Are you saying I'm not polite enough in no. the questions? Okay. I'm implying that we were begging people to answer the question. Okay. All right. 72% of people chose the flexibility to change without penalty. This has been pretty top choice for a really, really long time. Uh, what is interesting is that what we talk about is the people who could not be persuaded, which is also an option, decreased from 26% down to 9. 9% of people can't be persuaded. Since the last study? Since the last study. Whoa. So last study, we had an increase. We had been at 16% on the two studies before, and it went up to 26, and now we're back down to And that was when we were surging, right? Because it yes. was after Thanksgiving, after the numbers were going up, yes. that, that third way in November. We saw a big increase there mm-hmm. in that round. So this is the first Nin- time 91% been... of people could be persuaded to travel in the next 30 days. That's insane. Yeah. And guess what number two was if, then? If you're not out promoting your property, you should be right now. And promoting with discounts on my stay. <laughs> <laughs> Discounts and, and <clears throat> flexibility. Yeah. So discounts. On I don't st- think you need to get off of discounts, to be honest, even though it's high. Because people are going to travel. Because people are going to travel. Yeah. So discounts on stay and reassurance of extra sanitizing remain in the two to three spots. Two to three spots. However, the reassurance of sanitizing increased from 48% up to 55% of votes. That's interesting. S- yeah. And I see the reassurance being... Like a lot of great properties are doing now where they're promoting it in, you know, alert messages and promotional graphics and throughout the process. It's just a, it's just a box that's got to get ticked. They just need to know that, okay, perfect. They're doing something to take care of me. Let's move forward with the booking. And and from what I saw in my most recent hotel stay, kind of goes back to that cleaning theater. We walked in the front door. Someone was mopping the lobby. 
every time I came through, someone was mopping. Wow. Either the front hallway or the lobby. It was it was a... So this is interesting. Wait. Wait. So they're mopping the lobby. Here's my thing. Like, I'm not getting COVID from my feet we, on we the floor. Know. I was going to say, we you licking the floor in the lobby? What's no. the deal? No, but the we all know that. It was ahead. the point of... They're showing that they're cleaning something yeah, at all right. points. It's optics. Right. It's, it's optics. Cool. It had nothing to do with whether this virus is getting transmitted to me by whatever. I would have rather seen them cleaning the elevator yeah. buttons. Yeah. Just just you know, post that guy up, put his mop away, give him some hand sanitizer or some, some Lysol wipes and let him stand at the buttons and wipe them <laughs> off every time someone touches them. The one that... Or, Right. You know, hand out, I don't know, hand out masks at the front door if everyone's not wearing them. I don't know what the, the solution is, but I was I was kind of, but, it freaked me out a little bit that they just continuously mopped it. Well, isn't that a point, though? It's a psychological mm. thing, right? It's, it's, it's it didn't trickery. make me feel any better. Well, but for a lot of people, it probably did. You know, a lot of people that aren't, um, yeah. let's say, as intellectually savvy as you. Oh, thanks, and, and, Stuart. And gonna think <laughs> well, about it critically. The questions of, of the people who aren't traveling, who are fully vaccinated, it is a psychological reason for them. And if they went mm-hmm. to a property and there was a person mopping the floor nonstop, you're like, oh, good. See, now. COVID solved. 2019. I can lick the floor. <laughs> <laughs> 2019, I would have been like, why is this guy making the floor wet for me to go walk on? Yeah. It's one of the high fears of travel slipping on the yeah. wet floor. My yes, for me, <laughs> yes. list. My most concerning one is the number one option flexibility to change my date without penalty and i, I feel this is going to be like free grocery pickup where Kroger, yeah, when's where it going to go away to, well it's not so i think used to be people paid three dollars five dollars for a grocery pickup right that is never coming back people do not see a value in that that they have to pay for and i feel like it's going to be the very similar way for you know free cancellations trip move whatever it might be we'll see when when google takes that that is the one filter for Mm -hmm. google hotel ads and even the free listings now is the one thing you can select is free free cancellation cancellation. yep give me hotels the only ones that differentiate differentiate it now but will it be you know if the demand continues like it is it's not necessary to do that and so no it's not but but is it commonplace i mean look look at the old hotels that you drive by it says free color tv it's you know it's not like now that people are used to that you can go back to black and white i think people are just going to be expecting i want a black and white tv yeah with rabbit ears i don't know if that's good for the industry long term i mean certainly for the consumer yeah that's my concern yeah no i I think we'll we'll settle back i think you'll see it'll probably take six to twelve months once things normalize and demand is back to a normal level but um I, i think we'll see reintroduction of you know, minimum, and then it will mm-hmm. start to ramp up. And the last thing I want to touch on with this, because I know we said number two is discounts on my stay, but I think that's always been up there near the top. People have yes. been looking for discounts. And I don't think people necessarily understand the additional value one. We have a few down, which is still pretty popular. Additional value seems like a discount to a lot of people. So if you can add value via... Uh, a food credit or um, a free breakfast or something that doesn't cost the property all that much money that can seem like a discount to people offering those type of things to make them book right now with you rather than your competitor or OTA uh, or OTA. Thank you. That's a, that's, that's the discount. I think people are looking for rather than 15% off my stay. Yeah, we have a property here locally that offers um, game card credit. You know, they have nothing. They have an arcade. In, in the property and they offer that if you book direct and people love it but the thing is right it costs them nothing because the machines are already there right it's fixed cost but it's it's the drug dealer method they're getting people into the arcades and i'll tell you what even though covid is going on people, Nobody aren't, cares. people no cares. are not afraid of touching arcade video games and so they're making more money right now in the arcade than they are the bar that they're wow they're making like five to ten grand a day in video games, and it's gone up significantly over pre-COVID because every guest that goes is getting a little taste of it. They're getting five, ten dollars. And they're gonna play. They're not gonna. That's take, brilliant. They're not yeah. gonna miss that value that you just added for nothing. No. If you're if you're a property and you're looking to to find ancillary revenue, you're trying to get into that second wallet. 
and you have space because maybe you had a bunch of boardrooms or group meeting spaces, turn a decent games in there. turn a decent size space into video games. You don't even have to spend a lot of money. If you find the right partner, you can lease that equipment. You don't there's not a big capex, right? So you can you can go to lease the equipment or even do a revenue share with a third party that will maintain it and operate it mm-hmm. for you. It it literally prints. And money. if you run on it, it doesn't even have to be the the newer fancy ones with the card system. It can be an old token system. It can be quarters. Just give someone a a sleeve of uh, quarters. Give them the swipe cards, man. That's the way you really yeah, print that's money. Where, that's that's mm-hmm. really that's really it. But yeah, it, yeah, it's easy. It's it is an easy free win. money. That's a fun story. I do want to point out that there was a new option in this list of things. Actually, there were two new options, uh, and that was to uh, have floors exclusively for vaccinated guests or an entire property exclusively for vaccinated guests. Little bits of people voting for that. Uh, Just under 20% for both of those. You know what's funny? And and we'll see this again in one of the next questions about the cleaning protocols, but... um, the things people think are really good ideas, like, hey, a vaccination um, floor. People just don't care about a yeah. lot of the things people think are great ideas. They yes. really don't. I feel like that would turn off more people than it would turn on. So yeah. says 80% of people. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Question number 16. How would the following hotel protocols increase your confidence in staying at a property? And we gave them a whole bunch of things to choose from, like leaving the room vacant for 24 hours or 48 hours or sealing the room after it's been cleaned or a quote-unquote deep cleaning between guests. Toiletries provided to you at check-in, the TV remote sanitized and placed in a sealed bag, an option to check-in via a mobile app, or requiring all guests to provide a proof of vaccination. That's the new one, right? The proof of vaccination? Yeah, we just added that, yeah. I forgot about that. Good call, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you know these questions. <laughs> well, when I look at these, I see a lot of, and we talked about optics and theater, a lot of the things on here are optics and theater. I want a, I want a sealed room after it's been cleaned. Well, that's that's what happens now. You know, the, the housekeeper leaves the room and they close the door. You close the door, it's sealed. Just because no, we no, put no, our Maintenance sanitary... goes in and has a potty every time. After <laughs> I was like, what cleaned. are people thinking? Yeah. But but they like, they like knowing that, okay, it's been marked clean. It is now safe to use. You, you make a point, though, but I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but when we stayed in the hotel last, the tape over the door made yeah. somebody say, hey, I know my room's been clean. Yeah. I know it's been in here. You're lucky she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a theater process. I mean, It is. Totally. Yes, you want to do the right thing by your guests and make sure that they're safe. Make sure you have a cleaning process that are, are smart. But also, it's it's the sales process of that as well, just making sure that they know all the effort you're going to. Right. So what was the percentage for the 24 or 48 hours keeping the room vacant? It was low. It right? was very low, 23% right. for each of them. And these are the, greatly. like I was referring to in the last question, these are the big ideas people right. have that they think is going to make a major difference. It has n- no significant bearing. But then something like deep cleaning was what percentage? 63%. Right. So Always been almost two-thirds high. of people. Yes. Like, And it's been the number one for a while but on, to be on this fair, question. 24 and 48 hours were really high at the beginning, too, because people said, oh, they were not. They weren't. They were never high. They were never high. No, this graph has looked the same, aside from apparently our new choice since the beginning. TV remotes in a plastic bag, 46.2%. Yes. Buy plastic bags. Get some (laughs) Ziplocs, people. Seriously, if you have to put every bag, every remote in a Ziploc bag, why not? Pre, pre-COVID, sure that was a thing, right? right? We've all seen the studies where the TV remote in a hotel has more bacteria on it than the toilet sure. seat yeah, in a hotel, right? To, to be fair, you're not putting that in your marketing material. You're not going to even put that in your email when you send it out to people, even pre-arrival. You I, should. You, no, you might. You, should. you but might, but who when does they, that? When they get to the property, that's when you're selling them on that next visit. And they're the people who said, hey, wow, we got to stay there because their remote's coming baggies. You know, I, I know that's kind of silly. And they from deep our cleaned the room. I have yeah. no idea what deep cleaning yeah. means, but they, but they deep did it. Clean it. <laughs> yeah. So do something else. You should say you deep clean the rooms between stays. Yeah. Like that should be on front and center of your marketing right now. In your list of here are the COVID protocols with keeping you safe by deep cleaning the rooms. So here's my one of my favorite things though. 
because people make me smile. Wait, so, I thought you hated people. So even those who were fully vaccinated, fully vaccinated, voted that deep cleaning between guests and the TV remote would greatly increase their confidence. I'm, so I'm, again, let's take this fully back to vaccinated. If you ask this question in 2019, I bet you that's still the highest response because people think hotel rooms are gross, always have, and that might have been the top thing. Maybe. I agree. For those not getting the vaccine, still 41%, not as high, but 41% voted that a deep cleaning would increase their confidence, but just 22% voted on the remote. Was, was the deep cleaning still the highest for that group? Yes. Okay. Yes. Most of the other things just... Not, didn't matter at all yeah because they don't care about nothing all right moving on to question 17. 17, 17, 17, 17, 17 i would like to hear from hotels on the following topics check all that apply number one, 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 one packages one. and specials for future stays more than 50 percent of the vote this is the first time since volume three of the survey, which was sent at the end of April last year. So, again, we're year over year. First time we're seeing this in the top spot. Which is, you know, I guess it's a good thing that it's that versus safety. Back to normal. It's back to normal. Mm -hmm. Number two is what the property is doing to protect the guests. And it's not that far behind. It's only a few percentage points. you, You have to still be reassuring the guests. Don't get tricked into because demand is back saying I can let my guard down and go back to normal. You, you've got to continue acknowledging all the things you're doing. Very, very important. Yes. Question 18. 18, 18, 18, 18, 18. The next time you travel, which of the following would you want the property to communicate to you prior to your stay? Still, number one right now is local mask requirements at about 72-ish percent, very closely followed by the open status of restaurants, then updated cleaning protocols at the property, and then open status of local attractions and activities. And, and keep in mind, these are all within 10 points of each other. Yeah, it, they're it's very close. From local mask requirements, and then you know, a few people want to know about the restaurants. It's neck and neck, all the way from really... You know, the activities right through local mastery attract uh, requirements. They want to know the same stuff about what can I do at your destination. So do you property. think that that's indicative of <clears throat> the need for consumers to receive more information prior to this day? Like yes. they're, they're asking yeah. for, I want to know stuff. Like yeah. Tell me as much as possible. Yeah. And we talk about this on the show before about how the rules of engagement, how you communicate with a guest once they've booked are completely different than prior to booking. Right? When you're in the sales process, you have to be respectful of boundaries and you, you can't spam them all the time. But once they've booked, I really don't think there's a limit on what you can send them as long as you're providing value in, yeah. in the form of entertain, uh, in information or some kind of value add. You can communicate with someone a dozen times before they stay if you're... if every single message has a purpose. Yeah, and that's not a new feature either. I mean, even when you're setting up an email, there's transactional versus a marketing message. Sure. If it's transactional, you're just sending them information. Yep. And look at the open rates. People still want to open up and let them know. Yep. They, they love planning a it. We've seen this before. People like the idea of going on vacation just as much as they like More than. being on vacation. Yeah. Yep. So feed into that. Make it. They may be at your property for three days, but make them feel like they had a 30-day vacation because they've been there so long. Yeah, the anticipation, when you see the studies on self-reporting hap- your happiness level during the journey of, of travel, right? It, it's, you know, you're fairly happy during the booking process, like the research and booking. You're at your peak happiness in the anticipation. That period between booking and staying is when you're at your happiest. And then the second to that is during the stay. And then you come crashing down afterwards. So you really can t- capitalize on that period of between booking and staying a lot more by providing more information, playing into the excitement and anticipation, setting expectations, especially right now where properties are struggling to deliver the quality of service that maybe they're used to because of the shortage of workers. This is the time to really set expectations before someone arrives and gets disappointed. Yes. 
and I'm going to just break out these stats one more time about the vaccine status. Those not getting the vaccine voted the status of restaurants and local attractions as their top things <laughs> at 73% and 64%. Those who are unsure about the vaccine voted very similarly, similarly to those people not getting the vaccine. Fully vaccinated people chose local mask requirements at 78%, cleaning protocols at 74%, and then the status of restaurants at 71%. Psychology. There you have it. All right. Last question. Last but not least. Complete the following sentence. I will travel when. This hasn't changed. When I feel safe. There you have it. How was that? Um, it really surprisingly broken by vaccination status was pretty very similar. Really? Yes. Huh. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Well, there you have it. There you have A it. Plethora of information once again from Cozy of Melissa Kavanaugh. Not not as many caveats this this time as you know. No, the big one really is the fact that these. Vaccination statuses are sort of skewed, more than sort of skewed because of the age demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but a lot of positives, right? Yes. I mean, big takeaways. People are traveling. They're excited to travel. They're ready to travel. The concerns are decreasing. They're even willing to fly. Yes. But that you should continue to promote you know, reassurance, set expectations, tell people all the things. Tell people all the things. Well, I mean, look at things. these... I mean, for the past year, these sentiment studies, our 12th one now, it's a blueprint for what you need to communicate and how you should be kind of running your marketing. You know, look at the things that are the objections, what are the hurdles, and what are people trying to resolve in their brain before they can travel. This is what their answers are. So address these in every stage of your marketing, and you should see improved bookings. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a glimpse into the hearts, minds, and souls of of the guests, of the traveler, and yeah, and I- ignore it at your own peril. The, the the part that I'm taking away at this point is not much has changed from what you should be marketing to people. I mean, it's basics. It's it's information. People want information. They want safety. I don't think that that has changed pre, you know, pre to post pandemic. They want to feel safe. They want to feel informed. They they want a value add which we talked about earlier. So the basics of marketing haven't changed just maybe the way you do it does. Well said. Agreed. Cool. Wow. Nice. Was it a short episode? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I got to decide how I, how I edit this thing to see if it's a short episode or not. Just check out like, check out like the so middle there, 30 minutes. Yeah. Are there going to be more cinema studies? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. There will be. All right. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll probably pick up the pace a little bit. I mean, here now that we're kind of in the mix of it, this is when we were at once every three or four weeks last this time last year. So yeah. I think at least once yeah. a month we should continue it. We you, sure should. And did you know that hotels can do their own sentiment studies? What? Yes, they actually have Say people it isn't so. who come to their property every single day who are perfect candidates for a sentiment study. Wow. Real people, not just not just Real people. empty email addresses. Yeah. yeah, so we're looking at it from an aggregate, and we're looking at it from people who are interested in a beach destination. Your property, and you have the guest history to do this exact same thing to your guest. And one thing that we've seen over the entire year is we're still getting a massive response on these surveys. The first one we got over 10,000, which is yes. phenomenal, but we're still seeing people willing and eager to share their opinions with us. So do that also. And you yeah. can, you, it doesn't necessarily need to be through email. That's a great way to do it because you mm-hmm. get to ask more questions. But if you're curious about something in particular that we asked our guests, maybe ask your social media following. It mm-hmm. could be bigger than your email database, could be smaller, but maybe you get more engagement there. Mm-hmm. Test that out yourself. Yeah, and you don't have to ask 19 questions at a time. No. You can ask you could one ask or two. Eight. Yeah. You, know? you could ask eight. You could ask one, you yes. could ask two, you could ask three, three. or four, or How five. How many? Yes. Six? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, seriously, it, it it's the most underutilized tactic in hospitality marketing is communicating 
two-way with your guest mm-hmm. anywhere other than in person. You know, it's a cool thing you can do What's when that? you have all this data Ask from the nine questions, the questions that you asked your guests. You can turn it into some content for yourself too. What? what? Yeah. You could. Yeah, it's intelligence for your, you know, to inform your marketing. You can gain insights that will help you be a smarter marketer. But yeah, you can also turn it into content that will attract more people as well. We so. should probably do an episode on surveys. I like it. There you go. How about that? Maybe we should do a survey to find out if our listeners want to hear a podcast episode on surveys. Melissa, you're up again in three weeks, so (laughs) make that. You're not supposed to say that yet. I'm still working. There is going to be a podcast survey coming out, though. And if you're a listener, make sure you tune in because we're going to be asking a lot of questions about where they want this podcast to go. Based on a recent clubhouse room... I believe I need to do another episode on A-B testing Mm -hmm. because I heard some things this week that I just don't even have words for. (laughs) Oh, it was bad. Oh, it was bad. Oh, I'm really excited about this one then. I love when your buttons get burned because that just means it's great content for us. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Well, that was a great episode, Melissa. Thank you again. If you guys want to follow along and look at all the pretty graphs that Melissa and the team created. You can go to fueltravel.com slash podcast, click on episode 184 and tell her they should have been pie charts. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> do not do that. Um, so Pete, people want to find you on the webs. What's the best place to do that? I would either look for me on LinkedIn or clubhouse. And good news is both those places. I'm at Pete DeMayo, P E T E D I M. A-I-O. And Phil. Find me on LinkedIn at Phil Fariska. It's F-O-R-I-S-K-A. You just giving up pretending you're on Clubhouse? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a Clubhouse fan. I decided. You're missing out. Yeah, it's amazing. I've learned so much in the last month. Uh, Melissa. I am on LinkedIn and on Clubhouse at Melissa Cavanaugh. That's with a K, no U. <laughs> if you want to find me, you can follow me on Clubhouse or uh, LinkedIn at Stuart Butler, S-T-U-A-R-T. And you can uh, usually find Melissa and me on Clubhouse at 8 a.m. Eastern or at noon Eastern in the Hospitality Marketing Club. So if you follow us, you'll get alerts that we're on there. But we're talking about all kinds of fun stuff every day. Yes, you never know what's going to come yeah, up in those rooms. That's kind of, kind of a grab bag. And there's a lot of really smart people on that platform yes. sharing a lot of really cool information. And I mean, we talked about some of the... Um, cool things in the last couple of episodes that have come out of it but i just it it amazes me how many cool new people i get to meet every each and every day doing the clubhouse rooms so come join us have fun you can hear more nonsense from from us i'm sure we'll be talking about this data in the next uh next few days i would imagine okay then i'll be prepared not be in the shower okay (laughs) (laughs) so i can actually answer questions when called upon there you go that explains a lot (laughs) (laughs) And I guess, Pete, are you ready for next week? I'm ready for it. You sure? I'm ready. We'll we'll, we'll see, right? Yeah. Once I publish this episode, we'll see how many people we lose, and then from there we'll go. There you go. Move forward. You've got to bring your A game, though. I got it. So has no other game but A game. All right. Well, for the last time from me, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Keep Uh, your elbows off the table, (laughs) Miss Mabel.